Chapter Eleven of the General History of the Pirates, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate McKenzie. The General History of the Pirates, Volume One by Charles Johnson. Chapter Eleven of Captain Worley and His Crew. His reign was but short, but his beginning somewhat particular, setting out in a small open boat with eight others from New York. This was as resolute a crew as ever went upon this account. They took with them a few biscuits, and a dried tongue or two, a little cag of water, half a dozen old muskets and ammunition accordingly. Thus provided, they left New York the latter end of September 1718, but it cannot be supposed that such a man of war as this could undertake any considerable voyage, or attempt any extraordinary enterprise. So they stood down the coast, till they came to Delaware River, which is about a hundred and fifty miles distant, and not meeting with anything in their way, they turned up the same river as high as Newcastle, near which place they fell upon a shallop belonging to George Grant, who was bringing household goods, plate, etc., from Opoquenemy to Philadelphia. They made prize of the most valuable part of them, and let the shallop go. This fact could not come under the article of piracy, it not being committed super altum mare, upon the high sea therefore was a simple robbery only but they did not stand for a point of law in the case but easing the shallop man of his lading the bold adventurers went down the river again the shallop came straight to philadelphia and brought the ill news thither which so alarmed the government as if war had been declared against them expresses were sent to new york and other places and several vessels fitted out against this powerful rover but to no manner of purpose for after several days cruise they all returned, without so much as hearing what became of the robbers. Worley and his crew, in going down the river, met with a sloop of Philadelphia, belonging to a mulatto, whom they called Black Robin. They quitted their boat for this sloop, taking one of Black Robin's men along with them, as they had also done from George Grant, besides two negroes, which increased the company one-third. A day or two after, they took another sloop belonging to Hull, homeward-bound, which was somewhat fitter for their purpose. They found aboard her provisions and necessaries, which they stood in need of, and enabled them to prosecute their design, in a manner more suitable to their wishes. Upon the success of these rovers, the governor issued out a proclamation for the apprehending and taking all pirates who had refused or neglected to surrender themselves by the time limited in His Majesty's proclamation of pardon, and thereupon ordered His Majesty's ship Phoenix, of twenty guns, which lay at Sandy Hook, to sea to cruise upon this pirate and secure the trade to that and the adjoining colonies in all probability the taking this sloop saved their bacons for this time though they fell into the trap presently afterwards for they finding themselves in tolerable good condition having a vessel newly cleaned with provisions etc they stood off to sea and so missed the phoenix who expected them to be still on the coast about six weeks afterwards they returned having taken both a sloop and a brigantine among the bahama islands the former they sunk and the other they let go the sloop belonged to new york and they thought the sinking of her good policy to prevent her returning to tell tales at home worley had by this time increased his company to about five-and-twenty men had six guns mounted and small arms as many as were necessary for them and seemed to be in a good thriving sort of a way he made a black ensign with a white death's head in the middle of it, and other colours suitable to it. 
they all signed articles and bound themselves under a solemn oath to take no quarters but to stand by one another to the last man which was rashly fulfilled a little afterwards for going into an inlet in north carolina to clean the governor received information of it and sitted out two sloops one of eight guns and the other with six and about seventy men between them worley had cleaned his sloop and sailed before the carolina sloops reached the place and steered to the northward but the sloops just mentioned pursuing the same course came in sight of worley as he was cruising off the capes of virginia and being in the offing he stood in as soon as he saw the sloops intending thereby to have cut them off from james river for he verily believed they had been bound thither not imagining in the least they were in pursuit of him the two sloops standing towards the capes at the same time and worley hoisting of his black flag the inhabitants of jamestown were in the utmost consternation thinking that all three had been pirates and that their design had been upon them so that all the ships and vessels that were in the road or in the rivers up the bay had orders immediately to hail into the shore for their security or else to prepare for their defence if they thought themselves in a condition to fight soon after two boats which were sent out to get intelligence came crowding in and brought an account that one of the pirates was in the bay being a small sloop of six guns the governor expecting the rest would have followed and altogether make some attempt to land for the sake of plunder beat to arms and collected all the force that could be got together to oppose them he ordered all the guns out of the ships to make a platform and in short put the whole colony in a warlike posture but was very much surprised at last to see all the supposed pirates fighting with one another the truth of the matter is worley gained the bay thinking to make sure of his two prizes by keeping them from coming in but by the hoisting of the king's colours and firing a gun he quickly was sensible of his mistake and too soon perceived that the tables were turned upon him that instead of keeping them out he found himself by a superior force kept in when the pirates saw how things went they resolutely prepared themselves for a desperate defence and though three to one odds worley and his crew determined to fight to the last gasp and receive no quarters agreeably to what they had before sworn so that they must either die or conquer upon the spot the carolina men gave the pirate a broadside and then boarded him one sloop getting upon his quarter and the other on his bow worley and the crew drew up upon the deck and fought very obstinately hand to hand so that in a few minutes abundance of men lay weltering in their gore the pirates proved as good as their words not a man of them cried out for quarter nor would accept of such when offered but were all killed except the captain and another man and those very much wounded whom they reserved for the gallows they were brought ashore in irons and the next day which was the seventeenth of february seventeen eighteen to nineteen they were both hanged up for fear they should die and evade the punishment as was thought due to their crimes End of chapter 11 Recording by Kate McKenzie